Okay, episode three. I almost said four. <laughs> episode Skip three. Skipping on me. <laughs> We're recording episode three, and this is going to be a maiden-centric episode. Woo! That's going to be so fun. So we don't have two stories today. We have one story that Maiden's going to bring, and I have no idea what it is, because we decided we like that, that we don't tell each other. But also super paranoid that we're gonna pick the same thing one week. Oh, it'll happen. I'll show up here and be like, hey, guess what I picked? I'll be like, shit, that's what I picked. Maybe we should always. Then we'll just... just like collab and make it like a super Ooh. crazy episode with both of our notes together. Oh, that could be cool. Yeah. That's probably gonna be our only option, or we're not recording that day. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> so, and Slam's awake. Woo! <laughs> Give her about well, 30 hold minutes. On. It's only 8 23, so <laughs> 10 more minutes, I think she'll be in bed. And you might hear her snoring. Because mm-hmm. she does <laughs> snore. Mm-hmm. So that was so funny last time. I was like, what is that? What is that? Noise? I'm like, yo, that's your fiance. Sawing logs in the bedroom. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches. Oh, okay. So we have a question today. The question is little known fact about us. Not really anything to do with true crime and paranormal, obviously. But for the people that listen that might not know us. Or people that do know us and just don't know these things. We thought we'd throw that in for you. Um, I guess I'll go first since you have yet to pick yours. I'm, I'm <laughs> deciding. I'm we're winging it tonight. <laughs> so you don't even know what she's going to say. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> um, mine is kind of corny, but it was like a highlight of my childhood. I was on a billboard when I was like eight. Uh, my mom's best friend worked for Schwartz Homes. And she needed somebody to be on their billboard. So my mom picked me. I am wearing a ridiculously huge hat. My head's like cocked to the side. It's it's a picture. That hat is everything. And <laughs> we're going to post it to the Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> It's going to be so fun. You can all relic in this awesome hat. She even let me keep the hat. That's and awesome. I think the earrings I was wearing, she let me keep those too. Do you still have it? I do not. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I should have worn it if I did. Shut up. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to post that to the Instagram. So if you're not following us on Instagram, you that's... Should. A big incentive of why you should be. It's a doozy. <laughs> we'll also post uh, pictures from tonight's episode too. So please go follow Instagram. Uh, so my answer, I guess I'll pick a corny one too. Um, I was in the Macy's Day Parade in the seventh grade. What? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I was in the Macy's Day Parade. That's way better than wearing a corny hat on a billboard. Oh, that was so fun. Yeah. So seventh grade, I was in the Macy's Day Parade with um, show choir. Uh, so we kicked off the parade and then we had to like ride the subway to get to the back of the parade. So it looked like we walked through the parade twice, <laughs> but, you but we didn't. We rode the subway and then we brought in Santa at the end. So that was really fun. Oh, that is cool. And you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to pick. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just pull this one out. I think you knew all along and mm. you were playing me. Oh, maybe. I hustled you. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah, but um, so my mom pulls that out every Thanksgiving and we have to watch that VHS tape. <laughs> oh, what is she going to do if like VHS like VCRs become obsolete. Um, my dad has bought a special VCR that converts VHS tapes to DVDs. Oh, he's prepared. Mm-hmm. He's ready. He's just going to go convert everything <laughs> right. to DVD. There's oh, no escaping it. It's, it's going to live forever. <laughs> it will. <laughs> All right. So that's our facts. So Your mom should like send a clip of that. So then we can put that on the oh, Instagram. I wonder if I could do that. I'll see. I'll see how I can do that. That could be fun. Oh, God. That would be really embarrassing. <laughs> but that that could be fun. Yeah. Oh, oh we're all looking into that. Okay. <laughs> um, so, what else? Any other 
business? Oh, um, nothing I can think of. Um, we want to thank everybody for listening, though. Oh, like, yeah, maybe we, that. Yeah, Thanks. we've gotten a lot of, um, a lot of listeners. And we've made 53 cents. <laughs> so, thank what you for you know listening. Yeah. Um, also, follow us on all of our social medias. We are on Facebook, Instagram, yes. Twitter. Is that it? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a website that's really janky right now. But I mean, I'll you work plugged on it that. once and then you're like, no, just kidding, don't go just there. Just kidding, don't go there. But I'll work on it. We'll work on the website. At least we remembered this time to like tell people right, to check that, those things out. Yes. Yeah. So. We're moving on up in this game. Also, we didn't mention in our first two episodes that our all of our episodes are dedicated to our teammate Snoochie Boochie because oh, yes. she, she thought, thought of our, our derby na- or our derby name. No, well, she kind of did think of my derby, and name. I kind of thought of her derby name. I helped her pick that, her. This derby is name. true, um, but she did think of our podcast name. So all of our episodes from here on out, forever, forever, and always infinite, are dedicated. Infinite <laughs> episode, Snooch. Yes, to Snooch. So thank you, Snooch, for our name. Um, I think that's it. That's all I got. So, oh, Maiden got me a gift. That yes. was cool. She she went to a thrift store and got me a gift. And it's this wine glass. And I'm pretty sure you could probably put a whole I bottle of wine. I theory. I really want to know if you can fit a whole bottle of wine in there. I I'm think, sure I, I'm sure you can. Is it like, is a glass that turns into like the stem of a wine glass and then the top of a wine glass? It's fantastic. So, and what does it say? Do we remember? Uh, it's in the kitchen. Something it's don't not good bottle, to don't, keep things bottled up. Or yeah, something, something like about that. keeping it bottled up. But yeah, I I love it. So it much. like screamed off the shelf. The name. <laughs> like I have to buy this. It's awesome. So I think I bought that and like a shirt. It's the only <laughs> two things I bought at the thrift store. <laughs> All right, so you have a story for us. I do. I do, and it was not the one that I originally thought I was going to do. And like last minute, I was like, oh, changey. So. Um, there is some kind of like heavy stuff that happens in this, but I mean, true crime related true stuff pretty is heavy. gonna, mm-hmm. it's gonna happen. Gonna oh, we, some didn't, we also didn't mention that in this, these two episodes are going to be a little bit different because did you pick a paranormal story for yours? I didn't. I picked a true crime. See, so that, that's what I figured. So yeah. this, there won't be any paranormal the last, the next two episodes. The next two episodes will just be true crime. Yes. But we're going to like flip flop and kind of just do whatever we want here. So, you know, it's our podcast. It I is. feel like we should do whatever yeah. the fuck we want. Just so. like hop on the train and ride with us. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy train. <laughs> right? <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne should be here. <laughs> okay. So. My story is about um, a girl named Jessica Renee Johnson. Conveniently, she has the same name as me. And that is not why I picked it. Mm. Um, Okay, so Jessica Renee Johnson is a 37-year-old single mother of two. She has a son that was 19, or had a son that is 19, and a daughter that's 8. She lived with her parents, Linda and David, in Horn Lake, Mississippi. She was described by her friends and family as very beautiful, outgoing, fun to be around, um, she loved life, and she really adored her kids. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I hate this already. I know. It <laughs> sucks. Um, she was also known, and this is, like, something you want to remember for the rest of this. She never left the house, like, looking a mess. She would never go out in pajamas. Like, she was always put together. Her mm-hmm. hair was always done. She always had makeup. And if you Google pictures of her, which we can put some in the show notes, she was gorgeous. Aww. She was so pretty. Um, and her friends even described her as, like, very glamorous and well put together. Mm. 
she did have some troubles in her life. Her family and friends didn't, like, hesitate to admit that she was a struggling drug addict. Oh. Um, she was trying to get better, but even though she was going through, like, her own shit, she never, like, ditched her kids or forgot she had kids. She was still a really good mom mm-hmm. to her kids. Um, but she was trying to get better. Her drug of choice was Xanax. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, now, she had a really shitty, shitty boyfriend. Um, none of her friends or family really liked him. And they also said that it's like, was against her normal type of man that she would like date, that she would go after. Normally she was real picky about the men that she would see. Um, this one was described as like a bad boy with tattoos, which that tattoos doesn't make you a bad person, but the shit he does makes him a very bad person. Mm -hmm. Um, they had a toxic relationship, but she couldn't seem to break herself away from him. Um, her friends and family also believe that he was mentally and physically abusive to her. She even once said that this guy is going to kill me. Oh, God. She also told her mom, Mama, if something happens to me, go find him. You know I'm not going to mention his name, but go find him. That piece of shit's name was Garland Hart. Garland Hart. Who the fuck names her kid Garland? I, I don't. Maybe they really liked Christmas. I was going to say, we, <laughs> we hung up our Christmas lights today, and I was like, we should get a garland for across now our porch. Anytime you hear the oh, word garland now. It's ruined. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, he would even, like, use her car for drug deals. He'd previously been in prison. So, yeah, he was a real winner. Mm. Um, allegedly, she stuck around and helped him because he was also, I don't know, if it didn't really specify if he was a recovering addict or if he was still an addict. But he had overdosed on heroin a few times. Good. And good. she was the type of person who felt like she could save somebody. Oh, yeah. So she was going to stick around until she felt like she was making a difference. But mm-hmm. he yeah. really saw her more of a possession than anything else. Because so. he's a piece of garbage. Yeah. So yeah. clearly him getting better is really not ever going to fucking happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so this just helps you paint like a picture of like the point she was at in her life and mm-hmm. the people she was surrounding herself with. Um, on October 10th, 2013, she was arrested for felony possession of a controlled substance and paraphernalia. Um, she was caught with some guys who had meth. Super casual. Yeah. Um, the charges were later dropped because the cops couldn't really pinpoint whose drugs they actually were. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if the guy's charges were dropped or just hers, but she didn't actually really serve any, like, hard jail time for it. Um, it has been said multiple different places that she was labeled by some as, like, a party girl. But her parents say... While she did battle her drug addiction, she really wasn't a drinker or a partier. If she did go out to the club or, like, to hang out with her friends, it was more in search of, like, a love life than the party life. Mm -hmm. So, we fast forward. I know I mentioned 2013, but we're going to jump forward to 2017. So, this was, like, recent. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was Wednesday, May 31st, 2017. She left her parents' home with shitbag Garland. Garland. Honestly, I kind of just want to refer to him through the rest of his shitbag. A shitbag Garland, Yeah. yeah. Um, so she did, I guess, call him G sometimes, mm. which I kind of don't like. That. I hate that I hate already. That I don't know. No, I hate I, that. I'm not a fan. So, um, they ended up at a house on Angel Drive, which belonged to Garland's best friend, Jesse, which conveniently was only like five miles away from her parents' house. Um, Garland would stay there a few times a week because I, I don't really think he had like a steady home. So he would just kind of flip flop and bounce around other mm. places. Like couch surf. Yeah. So, the following day, it was would have been Thursday, she called her friend, like, hysterical, saying she was locked in the bathroom, she was afraid of Garland, and that she wanted to leave. So, her friend agreed, like, I'll come get you. So, she did. She showed up, and when she got there, she ran into Garland immediately, who told her 
that Jess was being irrational and causing problems. He couldn't handle her anymore and she needed to just get her out of there. So her friend, I mean, she tried to get her to leave, but she wouldn't. So it was like 45 minutes later, her friend left and she left her there. She mm -hmm. didn't end up taking her with her, which I can't even imagine when you hear the outcome of all of this being that friend. Yeah. Not that she, I mean, she, I'm sure she tried 45 minutes. She was there, yeah. but knowing that like, that just sucks. Um, she said she just wanted, she wanted to try to work things out with him. Um, she had spoken with her mother and her daughter telling them she would be home soon Unfortunately, that was the last time that her parents spoke to her. Mm. Um, when her mom couldn't reach her, she began to worry. She said it was very out of character for Jess to not contact her or answer when she tried to call her. She always kept in contact with her mom and, like, told her where she was. Sometimes she would even send her her location, like, via text mm -hmm. message. So she knew, Which like, is exactly so where she was. It's so smart. Yeah. So her mom's like, something's su suspect when I can't get a hold of her for days. Yeah. Um... So, she did receive a phone call. It wasn't from her daughter, though. Mm. It was from the coroner. Oh, God. Yes. I can't even imagine. <sighs> like, and maybe thinking it was the cops and they, like, found her or she got arrested or mm -hmm. something along those lines. Not that it was the coroner telling you that, hey, we have your daughter. <sighs> um, so, it was a Friday morning between 9.30 or 10.30 a.m. Um, I put a male delivery person because it was a female and I didn't want to say mailman. So... <laughs> How inclusive of you. <laughs> she found Jessica in the overgrown grass beside a mailbox in Jesse's yard. Hmm. Um, she, in turn, called another mailman. Um, and they came to the scene. And she, they were obviously both, like, in shock. And for whatever reason, this other mailman took a picture of, of her. Oh. Which... I put in my notes, to be fair, when you figure out what the cops did with all of this, mm -hmm. probably a good thing, because I don't know if anybody else took any fucking pictures of her, or the crime scene, or anything. Oh. So that might have been the only picture the only... they actually had, besides the ones you hear about later that her parents saw when they went to identify her body. What a weird reaction, though, to find a dead body and be like, like hey, let me take let's a take a selfie. Especially, like... wait till you hear how they found her. Oh. Yeah. So, um, she was found on her knees. On her knees? Mm -hmm. Her legs were curled up under her body. Oh, okay, okay. Um, she didn't have any makeup on. Not mm -hmm. at all. Her hair was a mess. She was wearing a baggy camo shirt, jeans, and she didn't have any shoes on. Um, her parents and friends say they have never seen that shirt. They've hmm. never seen her wear that. And it was probably out of character of her, too, to wear something that was baggy because she always wanted to look nice. Mm -hmm. Not that you can't look nice and baggy, but... Right. Just not, that's not her style. Mm -hmm. um, her purse was found between her legs. The clip that like attached, like a crossbody purse, how mm -hmm. there's a little metal clip that like attaches, the strap was broken mm -hmm. off the purse. So that's already weird. Yes. Um, do, 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 I lost my spot. Um, oh, I said the metal clip was broken. It was open and there's pictures. I'm not telling you to go look at the pictures. Most of them of her are blurred. At least of her face. Yeah. But you see the purse sitting between her legs and it catches your attention the most. At least it did for me because there was a phone charger. Like hanging out like a cord and it's purple. Like bright purple uh -huh. hanging out of her purse. And um, there was a couple different things I read and I couldn't. It was either a wallet that was in her hand like between her legs by her purse or a uh, like a little change purse. Mm -hmm. One or the other. Um, and her other arm was like kind of like slumped back behind her. Now, this is this is the worst part of it all. As if finding a dead body is not bad enough. Right. Yeah, so hold on to your butts here. Okay, holding on. So, so she had two shoelaces tied together, 
one end of it was tied to the 38-inch mailbox post, uh-huh. and the other end was fashioned into a noose that was wrapped <gasps> around her neck. Oh, my gosh. Um, one side of it was, like, kind of, like, pressed up against her cheek. And one thing I read, like, said that it, like, had her lip pulled down, so she kind of looked like she was snarling a little bit, which is creepy as fuck. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, and then this is also another weird part of it, too. Like, her hair was under the noose around her neck. So, like, there was a part of it where her hair was tangled and it wasn't actually touching her skin. Mm-hmm. Which you would think if you were trying to do this to yourself, you would make sure that the lace was making as much contact with your skin as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. So, remember that, too. Okay. Um, also, another thing I read was said that she had gathered some money from her friends, like $500. I don't know if they were going... They were. It was by meth. To buy drugs, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know if it was like, hey, get some for me, and they all just pitched in, or however that worked. But they found no drugs on her, and no extra cash, like leftover money at all. So, mm-hmm. that's weird, too. Yes. So, right away, the cops just fucked up. Like, they had cop cars parked, like, right up against the crime scene tape. Mm. Um, There was possible potential witnesses that were just ignored. Like, they were like, oh, it's fine. Um... When they actually went to investigate Jesse's house, because like I said, it, was, it wasn't like directly in front of his house, but it was in on his property. Mm-hmm. Um, they found her shoes with the missing laces in his house, which is weird. Why would they be in the house and she's outside? And she was barefoot. Yeah, she didn't have any shoes on. Her shoes were in the house. Oh. Um, when they spoke to him, he said that he hadn't seen Garland and Jess- Jessica together in months. Uh, when they showed up at his house, he was really like surprised to see them together. And the entire time, he said, uh, Jessica was acting strangely. She seemed lovesick and dramatic. And I'm like, so, is that, like, legit? Or are you just saying that to try to make her look like the bad guy off the rip? Mm. Like, I don't know. So, um, he said there were people in and out most of the night and that Jess and Garland had gotten into a fight and that she wanted to leave. Um, he also said that she hadn't been seen since 6 p.m. on Thursday. And mind, she wasn't found till like, 9.30 or 10.30 on Friday. Hmm. That's a long span of time yeah. for her to just not be there. Right. Especially five miles from her parents' house. It would have made sense if she left and walked home, but, like, no one saw her after that. Mm-hmm. Where do you go? Like, <laughs> um, He also said he received a text message from her once she left saying she didn't want to feel the pain anymore, which... One of her other friends said she saw the text message and that it was read out of context. Like, she meant she didn't want to feel the pain from the relationship with Garland. Like, she didn't want to put up with that anymore. Right. And they're making it seem like she wanted to end her life. Um, Which was also when they claimed that she was out in the driveway with the laces, threatening to hurt herself, and that Garland just brushed it off and told her, get out of here with that shit. So they're trying to set it up that she did it to herself. herself. Okay. Um, also, this is a real fucking shit show incident right here that just blows my fucking mind. So, he has security cameras on his house. Okay. One of them points at the mailbox. The cops never once asked for access to that fucking security camera. (laughs) Never once viewed the videos. That would be what you want. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And he, like... I don't, I just don't understand that. And I did read, like, Crime Watch Daily, try to, like, reach out to some of these people involved in this and, like, talk to them. But mm-hmm. when they got in touch with him and tried to, like, ask further questions about that surveillance tape, he kept changing his story. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, I never checked it either. They find a girl dead in front of your house and you don't wonder, like, oh, I wonder if we recorded anything. 
Especially if you think someone did it to her. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to see if you had evidence to help convict that person or find out who fucking did something? But he's just like, nah, I didn't even look at it. And then he was like, actually, I don't even know if I remember the passcode. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's um, It may not have even been on. Mm-hmm. Or that it may have just been recorded over. She doesn't know. Good. So if you don't know the passcode, you don't check your security cameras... You don't know if it's recording or not recording. Why the fuck do you even have that, a yeah. security camera? What's the point? Like, what purpose It's not it protecting anything. <laughs> I'm going to record and watch nothing. Um, they did find drugs in her system, mm-hmm. Xanax and meth, but she did not overdose. Okay. Her official cause of death was listed as suicide by asphyxiation due to ligature strangulation. Mm-hmm. So they're saying she killed herself. With shoelaces. With shoelaces. Two shoelaces. And a mailbox. And a mailbox post that is 38 inches tall. Not by mailbox, that. Mail pull, mailbox pole in the ground. That seems super 37-year-old adult woman. Now, they did say she was pretty petite. She was, like, I think 5'3", like 120 pounds. Mm-hmm. But still, how far did you drive that pole into the ground that it's going to sustain that much weight if it's being pulled on? You know what I mean? Like, would it have snapped? Would it have pulled out of the ground? Like, it just logistically doesn't make sense to me. No, I'm not that smart of a person, but, like... <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like, if you're going to kill yourself and you're going to do it by asphyxiation, why wouldn't you... Not that I'm giving anybody no, any no, no. ideas. I did, I did this at home while I'm, I'm writing this. I'm like, well, why would she do that? Why would she do it this way? Why would like? Well, like most people hang themselves, exactly. you know, from something high, like a ceiling fan. Well, and they or did a say bar. too that there was like there was trees around her. Yeah, or so like, she that would use, make better yeah. sense. Well, and also another thing I thought of because they found her, I think, facing the road. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, I think the pole was on her left side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was the, I don't know, whichever side it was on, she would have had to have leaned like a weird direction. Yeah. To get that pressure on her neck. If she would have been facing the other way, she could have just leaned forward. I just feel like that would be really a hard way to kill yourself. Like, wouldn't you just pass out and then, like, you're going to lose consciousness if you're not getting air. Yeah. I don't know. I, but also I don't her hair being under it. Yeah. Like, like I said, between her skin, mm-hmm. like, there was hair there. So it might not be that much of a difference, but it's going to make a little bit of a difference. It's not directly on your skin. Yeah, I don't understand the logistics. And not to mention, too, they said it was up on her cheek. Now, granted, if she did do this herself, I'm sure when, I hate to even say this, when she did die, the body is going to, like, fall a certain direction. But I don't see it pulling it from her neck to up on her face. Well, it would have to be really tight around her neck in order to to kill her. Yeah, so how would it have slid up on her face? It wouldn't have slipped, Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, it just doesn't make any sense. And her family and friends also think this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. They're like, she would have never killed herself. Um, her mom actually said, she like, again, she doesn't think she did kill herself. But if she did kill herself, the way she thinks that she would have been all done up like she always was, mm-hmm. she would have just went to sleep. And she even said, like, sleeping beauty. Mm-hmm. And it is, a few different things I read, it does say that women are more prone if they do kill themselves to take pills. I was gonna, and she's already on pills. So she would have just taken more of them. She would have known her limit. And just been like, oh, I guess I'm going to take more of these. Right. Yeah. Um, so her family ended up hiring a forensic scientist named Maurice Godwin, who worked on um, the Casey Anthony case and I think a few other like well-known. So mm-hmm. he's, like, he's legit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
more legit than these cops who don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> right. So, um, they wanted him to, like, look further into her death because, like I said, they did not believe that she killed herself at all. Um, uh, and if she did, like I said, it wouldn't have been in the brutal fashion that they found her mm-hmm. at all. Um, and especially, like, I don't think she would have put her family through that being that she was so close to them. Like, they wouldn't have let that be the last thing that they saw of her. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, her family was originally told that no autopsy was even conducted. Oh, good. So they, like, did a talk screen. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, yeah, she's dead. She hung herself. That's it. That's so strange not to do an autopsy. And then, like, because I did, Morbid did, and I listened to the case, the Morbid one, like, a long time ago. Uh-huh. But I remember um, Elena saying, like, petechiae, like, if you hang yourself, like, mm-hmm. in your face and in your eyes. Right. They didn't even check for petechiae. Like, that is, like, a telltale sign of strangulation. Yeah. Even if it was self-inflicted, she's still going to have that on her body. Uh-huh. They didn't even look. Um, so, Godwin did find out that, that later they had actually done a partial autopsy. But again, why did you not tell her family? And what the fuck is a partial autopsy? I was just thinking that. Did like, you start to do it and you're like, oh, never mind. Just half-assed an autopsy. Like, not a big deal. No, no not a big deal at all. Um, so, he said he believed it was a staged crime scene. Mm-hmm. For many reasons. One of them being, and this was weird to me, because I did see, like I said, you can see pictures of it. And the one article I read did have the picture of her mm-hmm. that that mailman took, and it was not blurred out. Mm. Um, I think maybe just her face was, but not her whole body. Yeah. But they did a close-up of the shoelaces that were supposed to be used as, like, this noose. They were tied at the almost very ends of the laces. On the pole... Tied together on the very ends and like the part that was the noose was tied together on like the very, very end of the shoelace. That's strange. So there, and they said there's no streetlights around this mailbox. So I'm assuming if you do something like this, you're going to be probably hysterical, like mm-hmm. fidgety, trying to do shit quick. Like you're not, and especially in the dark, even if you were trying to do it like meticulously, you're not going to be able to see where you're tying the knot in the dark. Right. Especially if she's already on her knees. Right. Tying it to the mailbox. You're not going to be able to see how much slack you need or where you're tying it. So that makes no sense at all. Um, why, if she was, there was no mark on her neck either. From the shoelaces? Yes. Nothing on her neck. No bruising? Nope. No. Nope. No marks Ligature mark? Nope. But That's... she hung herself. She hung herself, but she doesn't have any marks on her neck. <sighs> I, I just didn't, like, I don't, who gave you a license to practice being a coroner, being a cop, being a fucking human being, really. I <laughs> I don't have a medical degree or anything. No, but I know, like I said, like, I don't I don't know shit about shit sometimes. Yeah, but I know that that's wrong. That's that's <laughs> not right. No. no. <laughs> um. They also this was really weird to me too, and there's pictures of this too. Um. It was her arm that was found like behind her body. Uh huh. They um when they went to identify her body, there was like bruises on her arm. Mm-hmm. which could have been old, maybe. Yeah. Um, and there was, like, strange little marks. I've heard them described as holes mm. or even, like, little chemical burns of some sort. Oh. But they're all over her arm. And there's a partial fucking shoe print. On her arm? Yes. Like, she was Somebody stepped on? on her fucking arm. Jesus. And you can see it in the picture. Again, we are not, like, people that do this for a living. No, but I, I, that's... That's not right. You should I shouldn't know. be there. No. 
But she killed herself. Remember that. No, I I don't believe that <laughs> for a second. No. <laughs> so also, her son ended up receiving a text message from her phone Ugh. at three twenty nine a.m. Why are you gonna text a nineteen year old at three o'clock in the morning, being his mom? You know what I mean, like yeah. Unless something's wrong, and I looked up and down, I could not find what the content contents of that text message said. No one said because they couldn't get into her phone. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. You're going to be mad about that, too. <laughs> um, but based on the condition of her body, it's estimated she had been dead for at least eight hours when they found her. When, and they found her Friday morning. Mm-hmm. And this okay. was at 3.30 in the morning, and they, she was found at, like, 9.30, 10.30. So, I mean, there's a window, mm-hmm. but it's a very small window. Yes. So, they say that it could have been sent, like, right around the time that she was killed. Or even after. So, like, somebody mm-hmm. could have had her phone somewhere and sent it and then, like, took her phone back to where she was at. Or maybe was standing next to her and sent it from, like, where she was killed. I don't know. Um, but it also appears her passcode was changed after the text message was sent. That's suspicious. She, obviously, she knew it, but they say Garland knew her passcode, too. Mm-hmm. Piece of shit. Now, on to the phone. And this is fucking bananas. AT&T refused to allow access to her phone. They would not unlock it. Why the fuck not? Because they didn't know the passcode. But they're AT&T. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the parent, nobody else knew the passcode. And uh-huh. since they couldn't tell them. Oh, so AT&T. But again, if you, why would you call AT&T to ask them to open a phone if you know the fucking passcode? Yeah. Duh. <laughs> um, but and it wasn't even in her name. It was in her dad's name. And they still would not allow them to access the phone. Couldn't they have gotten, like, like a court order? You would think. Oh, it gets better. Ugh. Cops could have used her fingerprint. What the fuck? To unlock the And bed. they didn't? No. I and her parents, this. in their, everything they're going through, probably didn't even think yeah. about it. Man, I just keep bringing you down, because this next thing sucks, too. <laughs> Jesus. It's fucking ride the train down. Ugh. So, her, they cremated her. No, because it due to financial reasons. Oh, so they so could they could never could ever never do, get in her phone. I hate ever. that. I know, and I feel like it wasn't accurately like described to them or like no, I don't know because I don't. They wouldn't have done that if they would have known, or they would have at least tried to open. Because I mean, I know she's deceased, but she still got a fingerprint. Yeah, you can still fucking use that. Right. Shit. Oh, okay. In my notes, it literally says, cops fucked up again. Yeah. So here we go. Big time. So, her shoes, the ones they found without the laces in the house. Right. They believe had blood spatter on them. Mm. They just gave them back to her parents. Have these Shh. blood spattered shoes that were your daughter's. Now, it's you, there's a picture of the shoes, too. They were gray Chuck Taylors. Mm-hmm. Very, very faint on the shoes, but you didn't... Again, is that like go back to the partial autopsy? Like, oh, we see their shoes, but we're not gonna fucking check them. You can just have them back. Oh, these cops. Um, they lost the laces. That's good. That's like the murder weapon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh and I mean, God. I know that there was probably a slim chance, but they could have at least checked it for some type of fingerprints. If right. it was only covered in Jessica's fingerprints. Or or some so- kind of DNA. Something. Something. Oh, they lost them, bitches. No, okay. Um, The coroner received her clothing that she was wearing, which, mind you, I said her family was like, I've never seen that shirt ever. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who the fuck's clothes she was wearing. In a biohazard bag. 
Now, there was no bodily fluids that they knew of, blood, mm-hmm. visible on the clothing. Mm-hmm. So why does it need to be in a biohazard bag? So you know what the coroner did with them? They were incinerated. Oh. <laughs> Just fucking caught on fire. It's fine. Oh, God. I hate this. I do, too. Um, so we're, we're almost, we're almost there. Um, how I mentioned Crime Watch Daily tried to get in contact with some of the people involved in this. They actually talked to Garland before he went into court for domestic abuse. For, from her? No. Or someone else. Oh my God. <laughs> and he even, I, in the article, I didn't put it in here, but he was reading, he's like, I probably shouldn't be talking to you guys, but I'm not a cop. So what do I know? And I'm like, well. You're pretty dumb. Wow. <laughs> um, so, please don't sue us, people, if you, if you hear this. <laughs> um, da, 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 da. He said he doesn't even care about getting his name cleared. Well, that's Cause, I mean, suspicious. I, I, I kind of... It literally says, sus, in parentheses. That he just wants to find them to find out what happened to her. Because he doesn't believe that she did it to herself. And he said, I loved Jess. Anybody that knows me knows I could never do that to her. Um, and he also said, but yes, I do feel something happened to her because I don't think she would do that to herself. Jesse also believes, his best friend, that mm-hmm. Garland had nothing to do with it. Well, of course his best friend. Of course. Um, they also were able to speak to the woman that claims that she is his girlfriend. And that Garland was with her the night that Jessica died. From before sundown until days after. So he... He already admitted that he was at Jesse's house. Why is this girl coming in like, yo, he was with me. Trying to give him an alibi. When he already admitted that he was with Jessica at Jesse's house. Yeah. who are you, girl? (laughs) And you know, here's the real kicker. This was the chick he was going to court because of. Jeez. (laughs) I know. It gets... And honestly, that's almost the end of it. Because I could... There was really nothing else... I mean, what else can you do? What else? I mean, all of the potential evidence is gone. So unless somebody comes through or Jesse randomly remembers the fucking passcode to his security (laughs) camera. But like, there were so many things I'm reading this and I'm like, how was there enough pressure from shoelaces to cut off her fucking airway where she couldn't breathe? Yeah. Like we mentioned about the pole. Like, is it strong enough to withstand someone's full body weight being yanked on it? Right. Like, why was her hair underneath of the the laces? And this is something that I read in a couple articles and I personally feel too. And it sucks. And I hate that because even if you have a troubled past or are currently like going through some shit, you're still a person and you still matter. Mm -hmm. Like, just because you're a drug addict doesn't mean that if you die, it's like, oh, it's fine. It's just a drug drug addict that's dead. Absolutely. Like, and I feel like that played a big part in why they were the way they were about it. Like... If it would have been, like, some upstanding citizen, would they have gone more in-depth trying to figure out what happened? Right. But since she was a known drug addict, they're like, oh, it's fine. She just did this to herself. Yeah, that's so common in cases where it's, like, people that are looked at as second-class citizens. Like, if a like a, a sex worker goes missing. Yes. Like, sex workers are always they looked are, yeah, over. Yeah, they definitely are. And, or considered runaways or, you know, just There's awful. still something, not only, like I said, are they humans? There's something to somebody. Right. There's, there's someone's, someone's daughter. There's someone's yeah, daughter. Yeah, absolutely. There's someone's There's somebody friend. out there looking for them. Yeah. Like, who are you to decide that they don't matter? I know. I, I like, your it. job is literally to solve crimes mm-hmm. and to 
bring people to justice that do things that are wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being a drug, a drug addict isn't the best decision to make in your life, but killing someone and making it look like they killed themselves, that's not really a good thing no, either. That's... And you'd figure out of the two, you'd want to figure out who the murderer was versus something mm-hmm. to do with drugs. I agree. And there was like a couple different things I read, like, was it a drug deal, like, with the money when she was getting drugs? Did mm-hmm. someone rob her? And like, but still, that's a lot to do to somebody. Like, couldn't you just robbed her and fucking left? Yeah. Why did you have to do that? Or, and like any type of strangulation or asphyxiation, it always just seems so personal. Yeah, exactly. You know, just you have to really want someone dead to, to do to something. do that yeah. to someone. And like, like I said about the no marks on her neck. Yeah, again, that blows enough me away. force. To cut off your breathing with a shoelace mm-hmm. would leave a burn, a bruise. There would at something. least be some, you know, after, like post-death bruising. Yeah, no, nothing. <sighs> no, but she did it. She killed herself. Um, her mom actually has um, a Facebook dedicated to her case. Um, and it's, it's actually just called What Happened to Jessica Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, and any, like, she tries to get people to share tips or maybe just to talk about Jessica but her family really, really wants to know what happened to her. And, I mean, I hope they find out. Yeah, for sure. And it sucks that anything that could have been, like, potential evidence or used to prove anything is gone now. Like, not only did they lose her, but any hope of even finding anything out was gone because of the hands of someone else. I can't even imagine. Like, I hope those cops do not cop anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need a new job, yeah, sir. Yeah, you should fucking go be a greeter at Walmart or something. I don't know. Something that not more on your cop. level. <laughs> right. You're not good at your job. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay, oh, I so. hate that. I hate, too, that she had kids. I, she makes it so and much worse. that's, like, worse. a big age gap, too. Oh. Eight-year... I mean, I have an eight-year-old. Yeah. I couldn't... I couldn't even imagine. I don't even want to imagine. No, that's... But horrible it's that's awful i can't even like her poor kids i know i can't i can't imagine what they went through and them not knowing and i mean her son's old enough at his age to have probably read shit mm-hmm. online or on the news and all that about his mom yeah absolutely he's way more likely to run into that shit than his do- his sister who's young right so like growing up not knowing what yeah happened. you can kind of shield the eight-year-old from it but yeah but 19 not, not, not no. the 19 year old no not at all well, I hated that. You're welcome. <laughs> Absolutely hated it. But mm. it's an important story to share. No, it definitely, for sure. it definitely is. Um, so, yeah, we'll post some pictures up on Instagram of all these cast of characters. And maybe um, in the description of the podcast, we can link the Facebook page yeah, uh, that definitely. Jessica's mom. I was going to suggest that. Yeah, yeah. we should uh, definitely link that. Yeah. And if you had any information about this case, you should definitely uh, post a tip there, uh, or call Crime Watchers or yeah. I I've listened to a podcast before that's literally called Somebody Knows Something. Like legit, somebody knows knows something. And Jesse even said the night that they were there, there were people over. It wasn't just Garland and Jessica. Yeah, like there were people going in and out. Somebody saw something. Somebody knows something. So and from six p.m. again to nine thirty, ten thirty in the morning. No one saw her. No one knows anything that happened. She's just gone. Like, no. No, no, somebody knows something, yeah. Fucking Garland. So, yeah, we'll post all that and uh, post on our social medias. And 
I think we are now available on like pretty much any platform where you get your podcasts. So yeah, definitely Spotify. Um, Google yeah, most podcast. people I think listen on Spotify, but we're now on Castbox, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, I talked to our Alexa the other day, and she she can play it. So Yay! if you tell Alexa to play it, she'll play it for you. That's exciting. I thought that was pretty badass. Yes. Um, we'll link all of our socials, and if you, I think there's only one. Uh, platform where you can give us a rating and that's apple podcast so if you could get on there and leave us a review or Please at least nice. at least if you just think we suck on. just don't even review it it's fine <laughs> <laughs> um but if you could leave us like a like a some kind of star rating i won't say five stars no. but i mean if you feel so inclined I mean, to leave us five stars so <laughs> that would really help us out because we don't suck we're fucking awesome <laughs> But uh, we want to thank everybody for the support uh, that we've seen so far and continue to listen. And please give us some suggestions. You can email us at there's some horrors in this house at gmail.com. I still can't forget <laughs> the one when you were like, it's just there's some horrors. What yeah. was that? Was that it's Twitter? Our, it's our Twitter <laughs> handle. Our Twitter, <laughs> Twitter handle is some, some horrors. <laughs> uh, because it wouldn't fit. So <laughs> we had to condense it somehow. It's fine. <laughs> So yeah, get on that and check that out. You can communicate with us on social media as well. And yeah, like if, even if you message the Facebook page, one of us yeah, will we will definitely respond yeah. and get back to you. Um, I think we want to do something cool though. When we hit, I think we're at like just about fifty followers now on Facebook, and I think if we get to a hundred, I would really like for us to go live yeah. and answer some questions you might have, or maybe do a live broadcast or live show that could be cool so um spread the word tell your friends and make sure you like our facebook page so that we can hit that magic 100 number yeah share with your friends if you like us tell them how much you like us and be like hey you should listen to this <laughs> um and we're also open to suggestions we know we sound echoey my house is is echoey so we're trying to work that out too so and we broke bitches so we're working with and we like... broke bitches <laughs> we made like... 53 cents dude yeah we've made 53 cents so far so maybe when we make a little more than 50 and i cents... guarantee that whole ass 53 cents is going back into this podcast <laughs> Whole ass 53 cents. Whole ass 53 cents. And it, it hasn't even begun to pay for these mics that make us sound like we're in a tunnel. So, you're welcome. Uh, so, I think that's it. Yes. Good show. It was. Good one. You're well awake. And oh, Slam's still, still, still awake. awake. She Barely. Real, she's, she's a real MVP. Well, she's five minutes past what I called her going to That's bed. true. Yeah, so, she has... She is stubborn. Yes. She's going to be here like holding her eyes open at the She's end of your She's not going to make it through the next episode <laughs> at all. So. Yeah, we try to record two episodes at one time because adulting and life and it's hard to... It's hard commit. to find time. Look at her. She is so tired. She's yawning over here. She's so tired. do chores. No, you're not. You it is at 9, 9 o'clock at night. What chores are you going to do? You already made us some dank-ass tacos. What else do you have to do? <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> We're too good for Taco Bell. <laughs> okay, so I'm done babbling now. Okay, me too. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode four. four. I almost said three. <laughs> and I almost said four last you time. You did. We should have said it backwards. We like probably should have. We reversed it on you. Um, so... Yeah, we are actually recording both episodes tonight. They will not be broadcast at the same time, but we're doing them both. 
Um, so this one is Fluff's episode. Yeah, yeah. Whoop. It's all her. I'm going to chime in with my <laughs> sass here and there. <laughs> sass. <laughs> um, okay, so we did think of a, a question for this episode. Yes. Again, not true crime or paranormal related, but it's a little get to know us. Yep. Um, and since we play roller derby, as most of you know, um, we decided we're going to do, uh, like, most gnarly, like, derby-related injury. Yes. And, and I'll let you answer first. Yes, because mine's not gnarly at all. I just, I've had two concussions. Oh, yeah, I scrambled my brain a little, but that's yeah, not Yeah, like, gnarly. not a big deal. Like, super cash. Just two <laughs> concussions. Just, just happened twice. Drove myself home both times. Not my best idea. No, 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 not at all. After my first one, I like I I went to the hospital the next day. I don't know if you ever knew this. I took myself to the emergency room. I drove myself to the hospital because I was well, I was talking to Slam and I was like, I really don't feel good. I think I should go to the ER. And she's like, Um, yeah, you had a pretty gnarly fall. You should probably. But she didn't go. even offer to take you. She's just like, yeah, she was at work. Okay. Yeah, like, she yeah, bitch, drive yourself. Mm-hmm. You fine. She's like, let me know how it goes. Keep me posted. <laughs> She called me a bitch. <laughs> From the bedroom. While she's doing her chores. <laughs> she's folding laundry at 9 o'clock at but night. she's still awake. She is still Maybe awake. that's what she's doing to keep herself awake. She definitely is, because she would otherwise be Who asleep. Who willingly folds laundry at 9 o'clock at night? Well, most of it's already folded, so I don't even know what the fuck she's she doing. Dumped the, she dumped the whole basket <laughs> on the bed just to refold it all. She's just fluffing now. I don't know what uh-huh. she's doing. Fluffing. <laughs> <laughs> get it? <laughs> Okay, I guess I have to answer this question now. Yes. Fucking PTSD. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, I, um, my injury was a little more severe. 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 Than a concussion. Um, I actually snapped my leg in half. Mm. So, that was a thing that happened. Uh, I didn't even know I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Try to stand up and I get yelled at. From the other end by one of our lovely skaters, my derby wife, Undertaker, mm-hmm. yelling me, yelling at me to lay down. And I'm like, <laughs> why? Why? And then when I laid down, I was like, something doesn't feel right. I looked down and like my foot was pointing the wrong direction, but my leg was straight. <sighs> I'm so glad I wasn't on the team for this. I would have not been a good person to be I was around. super chill though. I was <laughs> fine. Awful. <laughs> Slim says it's awful. <laughs> um, and I didn't know at the time... And I'm glad that I didn't know at the time that my leg, like, actually was bent in half. I can't. Oh, my God. (laughs) Even though my leg was on the, like, lifted off the ground, my foot was still touching it. Oh. So, there's a visual for you. Jesus. Um, Had two surgeries. Didn't walk for three months. And you were doing, when you broke your leg, what? what? I was completely by my, oh, man, now you're busting me out. I always tried to pretend it was, like, some badass story, like. (laughs) Yeah, I took that bitch down. I broke my leg. You should have seen the other bitch. (laughs) I was, this bitch was completely by herself, training newbies on how to do lateral cuts. Lateral cuts, that's what it was. And then I'm like, yeah, whatever I did, don't do that. Mm. It was clearly wrong. Um, But. And there was newbies there? Oh, yeah. (gasps) Scarred for life. Did they ever come back? Well, well, Slam was a newbie, right? Yeah. 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 She came back. She came back, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I had two surgeries. I think it was six months after I did it. The one break in my tippy. I don't fucking remember which bone's which. (laughs) The bigger bone in my leg didn't heal at Mm. all. So I had a second surgery to place another metal rod through my leg bone. And I have a plate that goes into the joint of my ankle. 
But so can you like walk through metal detectors? Like, I don't know. Do you get flagged at the courthouse? I think, I've, I've never. Can you get on an anywhere. airplane? <laughs> I've never flown in my life, but I think the metal they use now does not set that stuff off. Oh, okay, off. that's good. But I know, like back in the day when they did use that metal, they gave you like a card. Oh, cool! So I never knew that. Them when they like scan, or they could have just done a picture and have been like, "This is why my fucking shit's beefing. <laughs> like, my whole right leg is metal from the knee down. What do you want from me?" Um, but I can't run now, and I know that sounds weird, but it's like my body doesn't remember how. I mean, let's be honest, I wasn't a real big runner mm. beforehand, um, but I just I like limp when I mm. try to run. But I can skate. I was cleared to skate. What was it? Was a day before. It had been one year. I was at that practice. Since I broke my leg. That, and I was, I was sneaky on all you bitches. Because I knew. And I think Taker was the only person. Cause she was on my shit. Let me know as soon as you're done. And she texts me. She was like, your appointment was at 3.30. It's this time. You're done. What happened? I'm like, damn, mom. Okay. Wow. But <laughs> I told her. And I made a plan in my head that I was going to bring my stuff. Walk upstairs. And act like I was like bummed out about my appointment. And then I was like, I have to go to my car for something. And I walked down to my car and I grabbed my gear bag and brought my gear bag up. And I think, um, actually K9 was the first one who saw me with my skates and she started screaming. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I won MVP blocker my first bout. Hell yeah. Back. That was a fucking shit show. Was that shit but, show mountain? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or no, wait. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Was it Kentucky? It was, yeah, it was Kentucky. Okay, I wasn't that. No, that it wasn't Shit Show Mountain. Yeah. Okay. But I I was nervous because in spots the floor was kind of slippery, mm-hmm. and in warm ups, I knew that I had potential to be jamming that game. So I was like, I should probably like try to get some fast skating in to mm-hmm. get. Well, I fucking ate shit when I went around to turn just in warm ups. <laughs> fucking slid across the floor, and I'm like, oh great, this is gonna be a good time. <laughs> But it was, it was, it fared well. And I had a decent season, so. Can't Hell yeah, can't you did. me down. I'll skate, but I can't fucking run. So, <laughs> if you ever see me somewhere running, don't even ask me what's going on. Just fucking run. Mm-hmm. Some shit's going down if I'm For running. For sure. Me too. So. Yeah. So, okay, that's our derby injuries, right? Yeah. Okay. I forgot what the question was. I can talk about that's I, that, that concussions you had. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck my Make shit up. Scramble my brain twice. What were we talking about again? <laughs> my short term memory is not what it used to be. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh man, I miss Derby. Me too. So much. So Fucking COVID. God, I'm so over it. The life ruiner. I just want to go. I don't even care about going to practice. I just want to go to the lab. Yes. Like I just, <laughs> can we just pretend that we went to practice and then go white girl corner it up oh, and drink some mini beers? Mini <laughs> beers. Oh, we are a good time, we dude. We are a good time. Fucking play some Lizzo. Yeah. Dance while we're playing pool. I just want to play some gangster shit yes. on the jukebox and make everybody... Wasn't, the... When we walked in that one time, they were playing some hoopty-ass music on that jukebox, too. <laughs> I'm like, this is not Lizzo. This is not Biggie. This is... We don't do that here, sir. I don't know if you've met us before, mm. but we're the stinky girls that just came from derby practice, and we want mini beers and gangster rap. And we need Please. our corner because we need to be away from everybody. Oh, God. Oh, Missed the lap. Okay. 
So, it's a fluff-centric episode. Yes, and I, like my episode, she didn't know what I picked. I don't know what she picked. Nope, no idea what I picked. And I was really happy that you hadn't heard of the case I did. Yeah, no. So, it was like genuine mm -hmm. shock. Now, I'm sure you've heard of my case, but maybe you don't know all of the details of it. Fuck me up like you did with the Russian sleep No, no, God. Okay, no. I picked something that was not as heavy, I promise. I mean, it's still murder, obviously. (laughs) So it's a little heavy. So it's a little heavy, but... um, Not as heavy as people, like, eating their own muscles and shit? No, it doesn't get that (laughs) that dark. Good. But um, can you tell what I'm doing? Look look at my sweatshirt. (gasps) (laughs) I wondered that when I came in and saw you wearing it. Yeah. I fucking thought that. So I'm wearing. Oh yeah! Um, by the way, you can't see her. By the way, we're not a TV show. <laughs> we're a podcast. No one else can see her shirt but me. So, so she is wearing a Tupac sweater. Tupac sweatshirt. So I'm gonna do the Tupac and the Biggie Smalls. Yay! <laughs> so I'm really excited to do this. Sorry one. if I just blew out your eardrums with my excitement. <laughs> okay. I'm sure my laugh does that too. No, so. it doesn't. You're welcome. So this case, these two cases were actually suggested to us this is our first suggestion um from three of our derby friends so snooch i knew snooch was yes snooch is definitely one she's been wanting me to do this since i said we're gonna start a podcast she's like this should be your first episode i don't care what you say she's this podcast is named after me listen to what i say (laughs) right oh of of course this episode is dedicated to snoochie boochie (laughs) uh so snooch is one of them dagger recommended this and our friend pinky for Burning River. Them. So I miss all of them. I, I know. God, I miss their faces. So thank you so much uh, for suggesting this to us and for listening and supporting our podcast. You guys are awesome. Dagger actually wants to be on our show, which would be badass. Yeah, that That'd be, cool. be sweet. Uh, so this was an awesome suggestion because I took a deep dive this week. You know what? Oh, God. I was in it this week. Uh, I watched a 10-part miniseries. On this in and a I, week, how yeah. long were the episodes? Like forty-five minutes. It was yeah, like legit. She, she went deep. I went deep. Um, I watched every documentary I could find. I watched every like true crime episode. I read every article I could find. I a couple other podcasts had episodes on this, so I listened to those. Um, I I took a deep dive, and I still I still don't understand everything <laughs> that happened. This case is so involved and convoluted so these two cases are what a lot of people have called as solved cold cases basically the lapd know oh, who did it i know LAPD. The LAPD. <laughs> please don't sue us please don't, please don't sue us but maybe, maybe you got better but I'm maybe it's better but this is the mid 90s so it's not better at it's, this point. it's not great uh so basically they're solved cold cases meaning that the police pretty much know what happened and who did it, but they can't prove it. But do they? I think they do. I think they do have okay, a really okay. good working theory, and we'll talk I'll about give you that, that later. LAPD. Yeah, um, but they they did botch a, a lot of things too. So this is my shock face. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a, these two cases are just a really good example that knowing something and being able to prove something two, yeah. two totally different things. So. Um, these two cases, like I said, are very convoluted and very involved. So I've split this up into sections to try to explain everything better. So how I want to start out, I just want to give you like the bare bones 
facts of both shootings. Then we're going to go into a little uh, gangster rap history. I'm here. <laughs> oh my gosh. I did not even know when we were talking about gangster rap and the lap at the beginning of this episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it fit. I know. Too. Look at that segue, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about a little gangster rap history and then we'll end with why these cases are still considered cold cases and all of the different theories because there's some bananas theories about what happened. Oh, I bet. I, I know I've heard some of them. I don't know as much information as I'm sure you knew before you even did this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to school me, so. Yeah, oh yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> so we will start with the Tupac shooting. So on the night of September 7th, which is Slam's birthday. Happy September- birthday, Slam. Happy birthday. Tupac got killed on your birthday. Damn. Brittany Murphy died on my birthday. Jesus. December 20th. Wow. What is she saying? What? Bitch. Bitch. I don't know what she said. Clearly wasn't important because she never appeared. No, she didn't. Maybe she fell asleep. (laughs) She probably fell asleep. Her last wisecrack before she's like, I'm going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Still folding laundry. (laughs) Bitch, that laundry was done folded. (laughs) Sorry. Slam's birthday. September 7th. But it was 1997. Tupac Shakur, Suge Knight, and their entourages attend a Mike Tyson fight in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand. So after this boxing match, is it boxing? Mike Tyson's boxing. Or wrestling? Maybe boxing. boxing. It's boxing. So after the match... <laughs> Clearly she doesn't know about boxing and wrestling. Listen, I'm six beers or deep. Mike Tyson. <laughs> I know about Mike Tyson. Did he bite some of the ear off? Is that, yeah, that's is Mike, that Tyson. Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with any of this. Nothing. No, it was just a Mike Tyson (laughs) fight. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so after the boxing match, while they're leaving, in the lobby, they spot a rival gang member, Orlando Baby Lane Anderson, and he was part of the Southside Crips. Now, this crew, Suge and his entourage and Tupac and his entourage, they had beef a little while back with Baby Lane for another, uh, another unrelated incident where a group of Crips tried to rob a member of the MOB Pyros named Trey um, at a Foot Locker store. So in retaliation... She's I just trying to get some sneaks. A, a random <laughs> football, Foot Locker. Yeah. So in retaliation for the attempted robbery, Tupac goes up and he punches Baby Lane in the face and he knocks him to the ground. So then Tupac and Suge's entourages then begin stomping and kicking Baby Lane until it was finally broken up by security. Afterwards, Tupac and Suge decide to go to Suge's club, Club 662. Because, like, what else would you do after you, like, stomp someone? Just go club. Just, you go to the club. I wonder if they did mini beers. No, I'm oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, on the way to the club at 11.15 p.m., a Cadillac pulls up beside Tupac and Suge's car and fires 14 shots into the car. Tupac was hit four times and Suge was grazed by a bullet in the head. Now, despite his injuries, Suge drives them both to the hospital, but he was released from the hospital the following day, where Tupac uh, eventually died from his injuries six days later on September 13th, which is actually my youngest daughter's birthday. So, fun fact. Uh, So, Tupac was only 25 years old when he died. Now, the facts about Biggie's murder. So, this was six months later on the night of March 9th, 1997. At 12.30 a.m., Biggie and his entourage 
left a Vibe magazine after party at the Peterson Automotive Museum in West Los Angeles. He and his entourage loaded into uh, two black Suburbans, and they were returning to their hotel after the fire marshal shut down their party. So while he's riding in the front seat, Biggie's car stopped at a stoplight at the corner of Wilshire Avenue, and a dark-colored Impala pulls up alongside his car and fires into his Suburban. Biggie was shot four times. He was then rushed to the hospital. I know. I noticed that, too. That's like... I don't know. It's spooky. It is. So then he was rushed to the hospital where he was pronounced dead at 1.15 a.m. And Biggie Smalls was only 24 years old. Mm. I know. It's so sad to think that they were just babies. They weren't even grown-ass men. They were just babies. They were baby-ass men. They were (laughs) baby-ass men. So, okay. So in order for you to understand these two shootings and how they're connected, we have to have a little bit of history and some gangster rap. So this is super convoluted. There's so many moving pieces. There's so many characters. So I've like boiled it down to like the bare minimum main points of what you need to know. Like we could literally have a five part episode <laughs> about Biggie and Tupac um, and everything that led up to their shootings. But if you want a super detailed account of this, you should take a listen to uh, the last podcast on the left. Oh, I love that podcast. I do too. They're amazing. I saw Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. cool. But they have a three-part episode on these murders, and it is a deep dive. I mean, they went they, they, they went really in. good research. Oh, my God. Their research was phenomenal. Uh, so I highly recommend that. I'm basically just going to give you the main points and what you need to know so that we can keep this episode under an hour, and we don't have to make this into a multi-part. <laughs> <laughs> At least not a multi yet. Not yet. No, we will do some Maltese because, you know, we got some Ted Bundy coming up. We got some West Memphis 3. Hell yeah. Yeah, I want to do all that. And yeah. that's definitely going to be oh, yeah. multi-part. So, like I said, super convoluted, confusing. Here's what you need to know. Basically, there's two sides. On the East Coast, you have Sean Puff Daddy Combs, who founded Bad Boy Records. Now, fun fact, little side note. Puff Daddy is where I got my derby name, Fluff Daddy. Um, But actually, my name is homage to Biggie and Puff uh, because I wanted to go with the name Biggie Brawls, but then I thought it sounded too much like Biggie Brawls. (laughs) But like, I mean, let's be honest, that would have fit too. But I didn't want to do that. So I settled on Fluff Daddy because I love Puff and I'm fluffy like Biggie. So. That's how I got my derby name. (laughs) So best of both worlds. So East Coast, we got P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, whatever you want to call him, founded Bad Boy Records. On the West Side, you have Suge Knight, who has founded Death Row Records. Now, Puffy has artists like Faith Evans, Craig Mack, and of course, Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G., Chris Wallace, whatever you want to call him. Suge has artists on his side like Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, Snoop, and of course, Tupac. So both of these record labels have ties to two really infamous gangs. And I want to do a whole episode on gangs because I find them fascinating. Like, no, yeah, me too. The lingo and the hierarchy, like gangs are just their own breed. They deserve an entire episode. Um, But basically these two infamous gangs, very violent gangs, the Bloods and the Crips. And I can't go too much into detail, but basically Bloods wear red, Crips wear blue. blue. Very violent past, lots of bad blood between the two. They just don't get along whatsoever. 
So Shug, I believe, was more associated with the Bloods and factions of the Bloods called the Pyros. And when things were really getting heated between Bad Boy and Death Row, Puffy is known to have hired members of the Crips to protect him. So you can see how the stage is being set for something terrible to happen. So Tupac was actually already famous when Biggie came onto the scene. Two years Tupac had been in the music game. So when Biggie starts to gain some traction, he said he wanted to go out to California for two reasons. He wanted to go smoke some of that dope Cali weed (laughs) and he wanted to go meet Tupac. That is a reason. That's why I want to go to Cali. I'm just saying. (laughs) So these two men actually started out as friends, even though they ended up being rivals and enemies. And two different. And two different. Yeah. East Coast, West Coast and that whole rivalry. So, but really they have a lot in common that a lot of people don't know. Both were born in New York, which is surprising that a lot of people don't know that about Tupac because he's so synonymous with the West Coast and Cali and yeah, all that. So, I didn't know that. But he was actually born in New York. So both of them were born in New York. Both had single mothers and both had a love and a talent for music and poetry. These guys are actually like whip smart too. Like I think Biggie did drop out of high school. I don't have this in my notes, um, but I think he did drop out. But he was wicked smart. Like he was real good at English, real good at you know rapping and rhyming and all that. And it always amazes me seeing someone like just put their words together like that on mm-hmm. the drop of a hat. Yeah, like just like freestyling or something like that. It's like, amazing to me. It's I've even like seen magic. people do it like just like dicking around Mm -hmm. but i'm like how does your brain think of stuff that rhymes like Like that that quickly like Mm -hmm. that fast i just it it amazes me but yeah he had a real knack for it he was really really smart when it came to poetry and english and Pac actually went to this really prestigious um fine arts school and there yeah i didn't either and he met like people like jada pinkett smith there and they were like real good friends and stuff so yeah he went to this really i mean and obviously they saw something in him with his acting and his singing and his dancing (laughs) so he was he was whip smart too so by the time oh yeah so by the time biggie and Pac met Pac was already a platinum selling artist and they were introduced to one another at a party now this party sounds fun as fuck. Ah. Like I wish if I could go back in time to a moment, I want to be at this party. <laughs> we need a time machine, please. <laughs> we need a time machine now. Uh, basically, it's described as pox on the grill, grilling up some steaks. There's weed. You had me at that. I know steaks. you had me at steaks, but it gets steaks. better. <laughs> uh, so there's steaks on the grill. There's weed and there's liquor everywhere. And Tupac and Biggie are in the midst of this dope ass party, just rapid and freestyling. Oh my gosh, I would that be awesome? Oh, it sounds so cool. And then apparently at one point there's this fake gunfight with these unloaded machine guns, <laughs> and I'm like, super oh, cash, <laughs> super cash, <laughs> like typical Friday. Yeah, you know that's what just I mean? what we always do. So anyway, it just sounds fun as fuck. But that's where their friendship began. And Biggie was, you know, when he was in California, he would crash on Tupac's couch and Tupac would go to New York and visit Biggie. So they were just, they started out as friends. Biggie looked at Tupac as a mentor and he often sought him out for business advice. And at one point he wanted Tupac to be his manager, but Tupac said, nah, stay with Puff. He's going to make you a star. And he did. (laughs) Big star. So, he wasn't wrong. no, he went, he wasn't wrong at all. 
So like all friendships, they had ups and downs and little rifts from time to time. But, you know, their friendship was a little bit more heightened because of all the gang activity. Yeah. So when they had rifts, they had rifts. It probably wasn't just them that it, was involved. In right. It. it was all this, all this crap involved. But probably the biggest falling out happened on November 30th, 1994, when both were supposed to do a feature on a Little Sean song. Big and Puff were at the recording studio in Times Square called Quad Recording Studios. And Tupac shows up to record his verse, and he's told, come upstairs to where they're all recording. But while he was in the lobby and he was waiting on the elevator, he was shot and robbed. Oh, shit. Yeah, no big deal. So I've read sources that say... So he's probably like, this was a setup. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he's thinking. I've read some sources say that he was shot five times, but I've also read that he was only shot once, and it was by his own weapon when he was trying to, like, get he it out of his waistband. He from 8 Mile! Yeah. <laughs> yes! Yeah, he shot himself in the groin. So, But either way, he was shot at least once, but he still got his ass beat by these oh, dudes. Man. Um, but he managed to get into the elevator and he went up to the floor where Biggie and Puff were recording. And immediately, like you said, he suspected he was set up. He suspects Biggie and Puff Daddy. Well, we're in on it, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, they're behind the attack because they look surprised to see me alive. That was his words. Um, but as it's revealed later, the attack was orchestrated by a Jimmy Henchman, somebody that Biggie had warned Pac not to be hanging around like he's bad news. So he clearly wasn't. So yeah, he's not involved. a not a good dude. <laughs> uh, so this shooting was also on the eve of Tupac's sentencing in an unrelated case involving a sexual assault. In November 1993, Tupac and three other men were accused by Ayanna Jackson of gang raping her in Tupac's hotel room. Now Tupac denied this allegation until the very end. But he did end up saying later on that he was in the other room, but he just didn't do anything about it. So he was found. I hate that. Yeah, I hate knowing that. Um, He was found guilty of first degree sexual assault, and he was sentenced to 18 to four and a half years in prison. So while Tupac's in prison. 18 months? 18 months. (laughs) You just said 18 to four and a half years. I'm like, whoa, that's a big difference. 18, 20, maybe four. Maybe even two. I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, 18 months, the four and a half years in prison. So while he's in prison, he's getting super paranoid. His paranoia is getting even worse because he's got all these dudes coming up to him saying, Biggie. I couldn't even imagine. I know. Well, you're already paranoid being in, in prison, prison. but Being affiliated with a gang. You're right. I'm sure people from the like opposing gang right. are also in prison. Because, you know, you got all kinds of, you know, mixed bag in there. Yeah. Uh, but he's got these dudes coming up to him saying that, you know, Biggie and Puff were behind the attack. They're still out to get him, oh, blah, 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 like, blah. like trying to fuck yeah. with his mind. Um, and I, on top of things, there was rumors that he was just having a real bad time in prison. Like, you can imagine. Yeah. So Tupac reaches out to Suge and he says, Suge, you got to get me out of here. So Suge comes to visit him and he says... I'm going to pay for your bail, but it comes with some stipulations. First, you have to come record with me at Death Row Records. You have to be one of my artists. And you have to give me... Library at its finest. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, and then you have to sign a three-record deal with Death Row. So, basically, Tupac agrees to this. He wants to get out of, uh, out of prison. Um, and he sells himself to Suge Knight. Suge Knight now owns him. So, this further 
fuels the rivalry between Death Row and Bad Boy Records. And there was no evidence that Puff or Biggie knew of the attack, but it didn't help matters any when Biggie releases his song, Who Shot Ya? Which, oh, fuck. it has some really interesting lyrics that you can, it, it could really be misconstrued to think it's about Tupac. Um, but really, you know, Biggie's in the midst of all this gang activity. I mean, it could people, have been about, it could have been about anybody, right. Probably. And actually, he'd written that song months beforehand, and it just happened to be released to after. Release it was it. really in bad taste yeah. on Biggie's, you know, it, it was really in bad taste. <laughs> Um, so this led Tupac to release his song, which was a diss track to Biggie called Hit Him Up, where Tupac claims that he slept with Biggie's wife, Faith Evans, but Faith denied this ever happened. Oh, no. Yeah, so it's just, you could see the stage is set, the, the people were they're just at each other. And lots of other members of both their entourages and their security detail get shot and get their ass beat like there's just a lot of bad blood and it just keeps adding to this rivalry because each side blamed the other side for the attack and that eventually has to come to a head oh yeah absolutely it's it's all building up towards these two shootings and the media and the fans only added to this you know thrown fuel on the fire kind of thing because they hyped up this east coast west coast rivalry they the media kept it in the news of course they did Mm -hmm. and and the fans were just picking sides i mean they would see tupac on the street and be like hey west side oh you know and it was just like just adding to this chaos uh so all of this of course led to the shooting of tupac on september the 7th and then six months later the shooting of biggie on march the 9th so here are the theories, there's several different theories, and I, I can't even begin to cover them all, but I, I kind of took the main ones that most people talk about of what happened to these two guys. And I'm going to start first with the Tupac ones, um, because I think this one that I'm going to start with is the most plausible. And it also leads into the biggie one, so oh, I just think it's a really good explanation. And it's called the Ackman's Razor Theory, because Ackman's Razor says that Sometimes the simplest explanation is the correct one. Huh. That's the Ackman. Yeah, Ackman razor theory is simplest explanation, sometimes the correct. So Chuck Phillips was a writer for the LA Times, and he conducted this year-long investigation into the Tupac murder. And another reason I think this is the most plausible because the Chuck Phillips theory kind of plays into... Uh, the Biggie murder where Greg Kading was the police officer on this 2006 task force um, that was researching and investigating the murder of Biggie. But in the midst of investigating Biggie, they think they discovered what happened at Tupac. Tupac. So these theories kind of blend together. So the theory is this, and this comes directly from the murder of Tupac Wikipedia page. And it says Phillips reported that the shooting was carried out by a Compton gang called the Southside Crips in order to avenge the beating of one of the members by Tupac a few hours earlier, the one at the MGM Grand. Okay. So Orlando Baby Lane Anderson, the Crip whom... Which he beat him up in retaliation for something that had already happened previously, right? So So Orlando, it's a cycle. And that's how it is with gang activity. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it is with all this gang activity. It's just... This leads to this, that leads to this, that leads to this. And it's just this cycle that they can't break. So Baby Lane is actually the 
person who is thought to have fired the fatal shots that killed Tupac. Oh, okay. Um, so Las Vegas police considered Anderson a suspect at the time in 1997, but they only interviewed him once, and they only interviewed him briefly. Oh, so they yeah, really didn't do idea. their job. Yep. Um, but Anderson was killed nearly two years later in an unrelated gang shooting. But Phillips also implicated some East Coast rappers, including Puffy and Biggie, that they were in on the murder of Tupac. So this, like I said, plays into Greg Kading's theory that continues saying that the Biggie murder was in retaliation for killing Tupac. And that was ordered by Suge Knight. And Suge had one of his associates, Wardell Pucci Faust, to carry out the shooting. Now, Pucci was later shot in the back while riding his motorcycle, supposedly in retaliation for killing Biggie. Holy shit. So again, it's this cycle, and it's, it's awful. So Kading believes that Suge had Pucci kill Biggie to avenge the death of Pac, okay. who Kading believes was killed under the order of Sean Puffy Combs. Fuck. Yeah. So, there's a lot of evidence that goes into this theory to back it up. Ah, a lot I didn't of, know that. I know. I, I'm like, man, Puffy a G. What you doing, Puffy? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a few main points to, uh, to point out in this. During the Greg Kading investigation, they had this person of interest named Keefe D. And Keefe was a crip. And Keefe was originally under suspicion when the case first happened in 1997 when this guy, Russell Poole, was the lead investigator. And we're going to talk about Russell in a minute because he has his own theory as to what happened. So keep Russell Poole in mind. Um, but basically, they suspected, they, they had a very good suspicion that Keefe might have information on the Biggie murder because his name just kept coming up in all these case files. And that doesn't just happen for nothing. Right. So they're like, we think he knows about the Biggie murder, but we need to get this information from him. So they stage a coup. They stage this drug deal where they're going to have him sell a gallon of PCP to federal agents. <laughs> I mean, I first of all. I say PCP <laughs> at all. I don't know what I thought you were going to say. But you're like a gallon. I'm like, a gallon of what? PCP. Well, apparently, its street name is called Apple Juice, and they legit put it. Apple Juice. They legit put it in an apple, apple juice, juice container. Could you imagine grabbing? Oh, I need some apple juice, and mm-hmm. then you fucking drink the piece. Oh tea. God, you'd be so fucked. Litty titty, <laughs> litty titty. <laughs> but yeah, no PCP. I guess looks like apple juice, so they put it in an apple juice container. Can feel it, yeah. and that's how they they get away. <laughs> Gallon of PCP. Okay. Yeah, uh, but first of all, who the fuck needs a gallon gallon of pcp PCP. (laughs) like that's a lot of pcp so um you were to say like an ounce of weed or like no no, pcp the reason it needed to be in such a big quantity and such like an extreme drug harder for that yeah uh, selling a gallon of pcp would have landed keefe in jail for 25 years to life and i think it was like his third strike because he's a drug dealer that's what he does yeah This was his third strike with the police. So they get him on selling this PCP to federal agents. And when they arrest him, they say, look, you can go to prison for this. Or you can tell us what you know. Or you can tell us what you know. And by the way, we're not the DEA. We're homicide detectives. Oh, fuck. 
And that's all they tell this motherfucker. They don't tell him anything, anything else. else. They let him sit with and that sweat. for a month. Whoa. For a month they let him think. And can you imagine living such a life where you're like, hmm, what homicide so are they talking about? about like, have to, like, think back to all the homicides you've been involved with to think, and, which and one which do they one want info on? So, Keefe D sits... if you mention the wrong fucking one... Right. Then you're, like, implicating yourself for something completely different. Exactly. So, Keefe decides... That okay, name is funny, by the way. Every time Keefe you say Keefe, I, I know, I love laugh. it so much. <laughs> Thinking about changing my derby name. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my name is Keefe. My name is now Keefe D. So... Keefe comes back with his lawyer and he says, okay, I'm going to talk. And they say, okay, tell us about the Biggie Smalls murder. Okay, at least they told him. Yeah, they what? told him that. They were like, tell us about what you know about Biggie. And Keefe's like, oh, I don't know anything about Biggie. That one wasn't us. But what I do know, I think you're going to be interested in and it's going to blow your fucking mind. And they're like, what do you know? Like, we we got to know now. Spill the tea. And he's like, I know Spill who killed. <laughs> Spill the piece. <laughs> Spill the apple juice. <laughs> so he's like, What's gonna, what I'm going to tell you is going to blow your fucking mind because I know who killed Tupac. And they're like, shit, yes, we want to know who killed Tupac. So they offer Keefe what's called a proffer agreement, which is basically he's queen for a day. He can tell them anything he wants about the Tupac murder without implicating himself. And he also makes a deal where they're going to go easy on his drug charges that he, they just picked him up on. So he has this whole deal. So Keefe's story is that yes, Tupac was killed in retaliation for the beating of baby lane. And Keefe was in the car while baby lane shot him. And Keefe actually says if Tupac's car had been on my side of the vehicle, he would have been I him. would have shot him. So Keefe says um, also that while the Crips were protecting Puff, because remember, he was getting nervous about death row and the bloods. And so he hires all of these Crips to protect him when they go to like music awards and shit. He says in a room full of Crips, I would give anything to have Tupac's head. And all these Crips are thinking fuck yeah we'll go get that for you and apparently there's also a rumor that puff offered them a million dollars to go do it oh my but puff isn't just gonna write them a check for a million dollars like there so there's no paper and write tra- in the notes like for, for murder for puck's head <laughs> so there's no paper trail so they can't prove that puffy was involved or that he even paid them so so because Tupac was with Death Row and they're associated with the Bloods and the Crips are associated with Bad Boy, there's already bad blood between them. The Crips are like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. We're ready to go. So this is the theory I personally believe. And like I said, the LAPD can't prove this because, you know, there's no paper trail. There's no evidence. Maybe Keefe's just blowing smoke up their ass to get off this drug charge. charge. Yeah. Like, how reliable is Keefe anyway? He's fucked. Right. He's fucked either way. Yeah. So, be a little less fucked. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Um, so, there's a lot of other factors at play, too, but mostly it's that they just don't have the evidence. All of what they have is circumstantial. There's no physical proof to this, which is why an arrest hasn't been made. 
And also, baby Lane Anderson is dead, so they can't necessarily go interview him. So the next theory... They need that time machine. Oh, they need that time machine bad. <laughs> so the next theory is from Russell Poole, whom I said was the initial lead investigator of the Biggie murder. Mm-hmm. So Poole's theory is this. Suge Knight issued the hit on Tupac. And Suge conspired with corrupt cops in the LAPD, including one known corrupt cop, David Mack. Now, David Mack was a corrupt cop this dude was pulling bank robberies and like so, not are you a cop a, a cop? cop pulling back and not just like oh, i'm just gonna take like a hundred bucks here and there no this motherfucker was stealing seven hundred thousand dollars oh my god and police can't find it they never found that money bitches stole it and then went to jail and then yeah and then came out of jail seven hundred thousand dollars richer so he was a corrupt Holy dude shit so, Paul says that Suge had David Mack, and David Mack's ties to Suge was that he was seen at a lot of death row record awards and around their parties. He ran security for them on the side because, you know, a lot of police officers, you know, moonlight as like security officers yeah. and shit like that. So, David Mack. They Mac, also don't steal 700000 They also don't do that, right. <laughs> um, but he was known to have ties to Suge and uh, death row records. So he also has this associate, Amir Muhammad, whom Paul says actually is the one that killed Tupac. He's the hitman. And Suge hired both these guys to make it appear the result of the East Coast-West Coast rivalry. So the theory, all of this is based off information that Russell got from a CI. So it's like, again, you got to take that with a grain of salt. And the fact that Amir did really resemble the police sketch drawing of the shooter right down to the blue suit and the bow tie that they suspected the shooter had on. So Biggie's family also thought there was something to this theory and they thought the LAPD was trying to cover up the fact that there was cops involved. Yeah. Um, So they filed a wrongful death suit against the department for Biggie's entire net worth, which was $400 million dollars. So, obviously, this scares the shit out of the LAPD because they don't want to pay that kind of money. They well, might no, not even have, have that, that kind of money. They should have found that 700000 So there, this is in the early 2000s when this wrongful death suit was brought on. And so they hired Greg Kading, and he, they make him a federal task force. So he has resources from all the federal agencies to solve the Biggie murder because they wanted to dismiss this civil suit against the department. Um, which it eventually did get dismissed. So this theory, yeah, right. So this theory had its good points and it had its bad points. Some of the good, uh, that just makes sense was that Suge really could have been behind Tupac's murder, even though that was too, that was Suge's artist because he knew that Tupac would be worth more dead than alive, which proven to be true. Like, there's a reason we're still 30 years later talking about Biggie and Tupac's murder. They had such an impact on the music industry. Mm-hmm. Like we still play their music at the lap. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they had, and, and 
the thing too, this is just a side note that they were only 24 and 25 years old and had that kind of Could impact. You imagine? I mean, they already had that big of a career that early on that they left that kind of mark. Yeah. And we know after Tupac's death, I mean, he's had like two or three more albums released after his death. So his music blew up and now it's immortalized. And the only person that has to directly benefit from that is Suge Knight. So there were also rumors that Suge owed Tupac a buttload of money, like upwards of $3 million, and he didn't want to pay him. There was also rumors that Tupac was getting ready to leave Death Row Records, so Suge knew that he was... That was that's money walking out his door. Yeah. So in order to prevent that, the theory goes that Suge had him killed so that he can continue to make money from him. So the problems with Russell Poole's theory was that he made a lot of evidence fit his narrative. Like once the David Mack, because the David Mack bank robbery kind of happened at the same time. And he's like, whoa, there's corrupt cops. And he has these ties to Suge. And maybe this ties into my case. And I can see where he was going with it. But he became so fixated on it that he he couldn't see like any other possibility. And like, so he was kind of fitting evidence where it didn't always fit. Um, but one of the biggest um, cons, I guess, to his theory was if Suge was behind the murder and like the mastermind of it, why would he insert himself in the middle of it? Because Suge was driving the car that Tupac was shot in and he was grazed by a bullet. So he like risked his own he risked his life, life essentially to have Tupac to have kill. killed. And if Suge was killed in the process... There's not, yeah, he can't profit from no. that. So that was a big hang up as to why Suge, that, why would that make sense in Suge's mind to insert himself into a murder attempt? So a third theory is kind of like a throwaway one, but I wanted to include it, suggests that the Jewish Defense League killed Tupac because they had been making death threats against him for whatever reason. But the FBI had been looking into this and had labeled this group a terrorist group and there was known death threats that they had made to Tupac, but there's just not enough evidence to support this. But the theory goes that they wanted to kill Tupac in order to take over death row records, which it just doesn't make any sense. So another theory suggests... Yeah, you would think they would have went after Suge to take over right, the records. Right, right, yeah. Not, not an artist, yeah. yeah. Suge is the CEO, you yeah. would want to take him out. So another theory suggests that both Death Row and Bad Boy Records are behind both rappers' death because, like I said earlier, both of them would be worth more to them dead than they are alive. Now, sources and theories also claim that Tupac and Biggie might have known that death was around the corner for them or on the horizon because a lot of their music had a lot of death undertones and death... um, death themes throughout them like biggie's second album was entitled life after death he never got to see that album released but it was named before he died so it's really ominous it's really morbid and Pac had songs uh that really morbid songs like death around the corner and if i die tonight and just songs with really heavily death over themes And he recorded a music video a few weeks before his death where, I forget what song it's for, but he's in heaven rapping to his family, like leaving messages behind. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I know. It gives me the chills. That gave me mega chills. 
I hate it so much. But so they said maybe they knew what was coming. So by far the wildest conspiracy theory that I've read is that both of them faked their death. And they're still alive. And they're still alive. <laughs> um, this is more true. More people say this about Tupac than Biggie, but yeah. I have heard it for both. Um, but they say that they faked their deaths. They're still alive and they're chilling down in Cuba. <laughs> Which, you know what? I, I want that. I want to live in a world where that's true. Yeah. I want to live in a world where Pac and Biggie are just sitting on a beach in Cuba. Because, like, when I watch TV shows and there's, like, best friends, like, in the TV show, yeah. I want to think they're best friends in real life. <laughs> like, <laughs> in my mind, they're all friends. They're all Even friends. if they're enemies on the TV okay. show, I'm like, nah, they're friends in real life. Like, come on. So I want to believe... In a I perfect wanna, world. In a perfect world, in my mind, Pac and Biggie are down in Cuba. Um, but I want to live in a world where they said, fuck all of this East Coast, West Coast drama, Let's me and you go down to Cuba, chill on the beach, smoke some of that dope Cali weed, <laughs> and just, you know, freestyle and maybe play with automatic machine guns, you know, just super cash, just grill up some steaks. Uh, I want to live in that world, but yeah. I, I, you know, for me, I have to go more with the Ackman's razor theory because like, like I said, sometimes the simplest explanation is what, actually is what happened. Yeah. Um, so today, no arrests have been made in either case. Uh, some key players, including the people that were assumed to have actually pulled the trigger in both cases, are dead. So we can't ask That's them. Bananas. Yeah. Uh, Puff, as we know, is still alive and kicking and making dope music. Suge is in jail for another murder unrelated to all this. So dude is a murderer, but maybe just not in this case. Not, yeah. Um, after these two murders, there was sort of a rap music summit where key players from the East Coast and the West Coast got together and they called a truce and they said there's been too much bloodshed. What the hell? So it, it's two sad. Two people had to die, but now we're going to get grow up and get along. Yeah, it's really more sad. More two people, but you know what I mean. Right. Two major, major players, players yeah. had to die, which is just but so sad. Could. But now, yeah, we're, we're good. You know, it's fine. So Let bygones be bygones. <laughs> Shit. But yeah, I, I, I just, I can't imagine where their careers would have been now. If they would I mean. Because like you said, they were so young. They were so young. Their careers could have been. I mean, they would only be in their mid-40s well, now. Yeah. I mean, they would they'd still, still be, be young. They would still be making big moves, I Oh, feel dude. Like. And pa- they were both, both of them were just so ahead of their time, I feel. But like Tupac, he had this whole rap. I can't remember the name of it. I should have wrote it down. About how we should respect women and, you know, change our language and attitudes towards women. I mean, it's, they weren't rapping about that in the 90s. And his mother was uh, part of the Black Panther movement and she was an activist. So it's like, Pac would have been, especially in our social climate, I think he would have really been on the front lines of all this social activism and all that. Um, but you know, there'd probably never be a solid conclusion made in either of these cases or any arrests made just because they can't prove anything. All the evidence yeah. is long gone and just people aren't talking. Like you're not going to go up to Suge Knight and be like, Hey, did you kill Biggie? Did you kill <laughs> Pac? Like, right, and he's like, I'll yeah, you. I'm just going to spill I'm the just, tea. Like, no, no, he ain't saying, he's not saying no, nothing. If anybody out there knows they're taking to their grave. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And there's people out there that do. That, well, like, just like the, the episode three, we, you know, Jessica Johnson. Yeah, Somebody knows who killed things. her. Yeah. Um, but nobody's talking. Yeah. And the people that are talking, just 
really aren't credible. Yeah, you just, you can't take their word for it. There's only so much you can do, even at that time, with circumstantial evidence. Yeah. Or what someone says they saw or what they heard. Right. So it's just, we'll never see a conclusion in it. But those are the main theories. And like I said, I took a deep, deep dive. (laughs) There is much more. That is dedication. A whole week's worth of research. It It was a trip, let me tell you. But that was a good one. So thank you. Thank you for that suggestion. Like I said, a little bit lighter than the Russian stuff experiment. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit. A little bit. A little bit lighter. Exponentially lighter than the Russian sleep experiment. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to drive home and be like, oh, that was creepy. And, like, look at the, I don't know what I thought. Like, see things out of the side of it. Like, oh, shit. What was that? The trees. Because, like, it's dark, obviously. Oh, it's super dark. There's, like, hardly any lights. And it's not a long, long drive home. No, but, but it's, it's not short. But it's dark. <laughs> it's it dark, dark. And there's not really cars. Mm-mm. And there's those street lights. So. Fucking creep, creeping when I left here. I'm like, <laughs> even walking to my car, I'm like, what was that noise? What's that? <laughs> and then that cat that was randomly on your front oh, door yeah. forever creeping, staring at me. I wonder if he's there now. I can't see him. We'll watch, we'll end this and I'll look out the door and he'll be he'll waiting. Be, he'll be waiting on you. Yeah, for sure. Ooh. On Friday the 13th. Oh, we didn't we mention, did it, mention it, but in yes, last episode, it but is Friday the thirteenth. So far, we have two more hours left of Friday the thirteenth. Hug so. the black kitty cat because they're the best. I love your kitty. My kitty, so he is shit head. I was at home trying to type out the rest of what I had left of my notes that I had to unscramble and make <laughs> sense of, and I got my papers and I set them on the ca- the couch and I had my laptop on my lap, and I hear crinkling of papers and he's just. <laughs> Rolling around on them, fucking flip-flopping all over the couch, knocked them all on the floor, and then I'm trying to type. He literally, and I'm not exaggerating, walked and sat down right on my laptop and was like, meow. And I'm like, Draven, what are you doing? I love him. (laughs) And then I picked him up and pet him, and he just, that was all he wanted. He just wanted me to pet him. (laughs) He's like, if you're not going to pet me, I'm going to make you pet me. I'm just going to sit on your laptop. I love it. So, yeah, find us on all the social platforms. Uh, make sure you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We really appreciate it. I'm not saying leave a nice one, but you should leave a nice but one. Maybe, <laughs> but maybe five stars, you know, if you're just, so inclined. Just say maybe four. That's four, I would be. I'd be fine with four. Yeah. Also, you know, give us some suggestions. We know we sound echoey. We're trying to work on that. So um, That will improve as we improve. We are but, still learning yeah. the podcast ways. So we will get I think better. We're doing pretty damn good. I think so too. This was this was a good episode. Fun times. It is fun. Um, so also drop us more suggestions because, like I said, I took a deep dive. That was super fun. Um, we're always open to learn things we didn't know before and cure cases. I kind of want to do, like I know, like you said, we're going to cover like maybe BTK, Ted Bundy, mm-hmm. all cases, the big like, players, like John Wayne yeah, Casey. all for sure. But I wanted like I want to do some shit that. Not many other people have done. Right. Because, like, your case last week was so important as a cold case and, you know, just, like, a, a smaller case that you maybe not have many. not heard yeah. about. Yeah. But they need attention, too. I mean, Biggie and Tupac, obviously, is a huge case. But, you know, these smaller cases need our attention, too. So, uh, definitely drop your suggestions to our email or our Facebook page or or just, you know, text just us. text us, dude. <laughs> like. 
the whole 10 people that listen. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, I know we've said this a million times, but, like, if you like us, tell your friends. Yeah, tell your buddies. Invite them to go like it. Have them invite their friends and invite their friends. Because I can't remember if I said it in this episode or not, but we want to try to get to 100 likes on our Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, we'll do something fun. And then we'll do something fun. I mean, like, besides this that we're already doing. That's right. Fun. This is fun, but we want to do something more, more fun. fun. Uh, like go live on Facebook and answer some questions Maybe even do like a live or episode. a live episode. Yeah, for sure. So we want to do more fun things. Lots of fun things on the horizon for us. Yes. I, I do too. Yes. Anyway, that's, yeah. that's that. That's a good episode. I like that one. Me that's, too. I'm glad we started with yours and ended with mine. Me? Because, yeah, me too. Because <laughs> now you're not afraid to drive. That home. was a good idea. <laughs> All right, so maybe we'll have some more paranormal stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks, too, because yeah. we kind of haven't been doing that. But we'll, we'll find some cool paranormal shit, too. Yeah, definitely. So. There's a lot out there. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>